Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about artists whose eyes are green, or brown, or perhaps they are blue. And this week we're talking about Frank Sinatra. You go to my and you like a this is Caleb Robinson speaking, I'm here with... I am Dax! Jared. That was unnecessary. This is Tyler. Thank you. Just like this week. And once again, <laughs> this week we're talking about Frank Sinatra. And uh, without giving it away, we, we've had a, a little bit of discussion about how people are feeling. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, how did everybody feel about listening to Frank Sinatra this week? Oh, blue eyes. Yes. He's, um, he's a good boy. White dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, starting off the, the, the 1940s, 1950s artist with an old Yu-Gi-Oh reference that <laughs> should land with all of the listeners. Yep. I hope so. <laughs> Certainly it, will. It was an interesting experience. I didn't... It was... Uh, maybe the word sameness is good. Mm-hmm. It was... I like the second album, I think, the most. Swing Easy? Anything. I, think, I believe so. The first album was okay. It just kind of... I, I started reluctantly with listening because i was not excited in any way and then it kind of when i was driving listening i was like okay like upbeat stuff was fun Mm -hmm. but then the sad slow stuff just like was a slog and it was not fun when i drive to listen to sad music it's just not fun makes me go slow i don't want to go slow and go fast and uh it was interesting they had he has good songs uh tyler was mentioning some of the songs he likes the most we didn't listen to this week and um, I did find a few interesting things I will talk about later, and they made me the most excited. That's fair. Tyler, go ahead. <laughs> Dude, he's so boring. He's so boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> I used to think that, you know, I used to have more respect for him. I used to think these were good people. These were musicians who were, people respect them as good, like the the people who liked music listened to him. It was in the time when we talked about how jazz, used pop music used to be jazz. Yes. You know, and there's some moments in in some of his songs actually that are interesting because it, he shuts up and lets people play yeah and that's kind of because there are some jazz moments that are actually really nice in some of these but for the most part like the orchestra the overbearing orchestral nonsense is just so difficult to get through like an album just feels so long it feels so long it's so very hard and i and it and each there is no variation between albums not in context not in music not in. Did you say between albums? Really? There's not much. No, that's not true. Well, I didn't hear any. Uh, songs for lovers is, is songs for young lovers is like a sad like like it's more of like a cinematic sound, and then swing easy it's, immediately it, shifts into more of an upbeat swing style of music. It's all he kind then of cinematic, shifts yeah. back into in the wee small hours, which is kind of similar to songs for young lovers, and then when he gets to songs for swinging lovers, he goes back to the swing style. It's just style. back and forth, bud. It is back and forth, but there's a little bit of variation. It's just back and forth. I'm it's giving minimal. him some credit. It's minimal. It's a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it is uh, kind of cinematic. Yes. And yeah. it's not, and it's like, this should just be in a movie where I have something else to entertain me mm. instead of just you. It's not, it's just not, his voice is fine. He has a good voice for what he does, but... It just doesn't like he doesn't vary in it at all. The delivery never changes. It's always the same kind of thing, really, honestly. And uh, like, if it weren't for his voice and the era and the and the fact that he became kind of an icon and what have you, and that he's from Chicago, which is nice. That's nice because he's from the Midwest. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just can't. I couldn't do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but horrible. he's like known for being the voice of New York. I know it's very weird. <laughs> It's very yeah, weird. It's That's why he has to remind people with a song every couple albums. I'm <laughs> not from here. I'm from Chicago. I'm from not Chicago, from New York. I live at one fifty five. Well, in you want to play York. that bit? Let's yeah, you can do, well, it. no, we got to have Dax say it. Uh, I yeah, guess he just yeah, said, Dax, "I like it." That's he it. said, "Old blue eyes." Oh uh, yeah, and then he didn't say anything he, else. He Dax, did. how did you? Feel? Then you stole it with White Dragons, but you did. You we immediately. I don't know. Just play the thing. <laughs> How do you? I want to know how you feel about the week that you set up for us. I enjoy it. I drive at night a lot, and the sad music fits. I listen to him quite a bit, just on slow night drives. Really sets the mood. Uh, yeah. I like sad music. 
Not this sad Not music. Not this sad music. Okay. This is a small snippet from the song The Girl Next Door where Frank Sinatra does not say where he's from because he didn't write the song. No, he doesn't write almost any song. So it's so it's where someone else lives. He's revealed the songwriter's location yes. through his popular music. Oh, I live at 5135 Kensington Avenue when she lives at 5133. Can someone pull that up on Google Maps or something? Oh, uh, they're on the <laughs> no. odd, they, uh, Yeah, let's do it. They're on the odd side of the street. I don't want to talk I don't talk to this odd side. Oh, street. absolutely. Yeah. I want to believe that it's not his address, it's not the songwriter's address. I want to believe it's someone who wronged the songwriter was it kensington kensington avenue was yeah kensington avenue that's where the person lives. I, mean, I like the idea that you zoom in and you can see frank sinatra like that's oh. well i have some waiting. choices here i'm gonna choose detroit because that's how i feel yeah that's fine yeah we don't know where the songwriter lived i suppose it's a house in detroit <laughs> it's in a nice house yeah it's a decent neighborhood i can't really do anything anymore because my half got weird oh, okay. so were there any albums that people like was there anything that actually kind of stood out to you from an album perspective or was it just songs did you hate all the albums because they were all very slow like i you know like uh, well i think what ha- i mean more there specific are so- there are songs that i like out of it but i don't that, so i wouldn't say that there was an album that i'm like this is a good album you know i thought that i was going to do that because i thought okay so we, i was looking for one yeah, I was looking for which of these albums is going to stand out as the stuff that I'm familiar with and, and have liked before, and none of them were. So a lot of the song for I don't know why the only songs like I knew come fly away, come fly with me. Everyone knows that one, mm-hmm. so we knew that one, right? And that album is not good. I don't like that album at all. All he does is sing about places, and the most and it's just boring. I see that it's yeah. boring. He sings about every song is about places. And they're about. It's nice hey. to go traveling. It, but the funny thing about it is that these are all places that normal people don't go to because they can't go. I love autumn in Paris. Yeah, I go every year to Paris for autumn and I hang out there. That happens London one time. by night. I'll yeah, tell, let it's me tell just you. like Hawaii. Yeah. Let me tell you a quick little story. I, as, a, as a kid, I had braces. And one time I was at the orthodontist with my mom, and the orthodontist was trying to. It's funny when when you talk to rich people and you're a peasant because they talk to you <laughs> like it's just normal. And he's like, oh, yeah, my third Cadillac, I just did this. And it's like, what? And he was like, yeah, the the first time I went to Hawaii, it just rained the whole time. But the second time I went, it was really good. But, oh, man, the third time was great. And we're like, must be nice to be able to go three times to Hawaii, buddy. Right. Like, we've never been. He did have a song called Blue Hawaii. That's why I was like, you're talking about traveling. Right. Oh, he has like, two songs called, or have, that have Paris in the that's name. That's what I was going to say. He talks about April Paris, and Paris twice. And I love Paris. And then he talks about how he likes Paris in London by night, but he likes London sometimes, though. So. It's like, it also I took just, him till the very end of the album to mention Chicago. Yeah, I know. And, that, and it's only so he can <laughs> remind people once again after singing about all of these places he goes that he's not from there. By the way, I live at 30. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just doesn't. I like Come Fly With Me. It's a pretty good song. But the fact that you've put that in the front, like, you know, people should have to dig for that thing because that's the best song in the whole album and you've stuck it right up front. You've given it to me and I don't need to listen to the rest of your garbage, to Frank. Me, Look what you've done. To me, he feels like kind of like uh, a more classic version of like um, like War- uh, what is his name? The guy who sings Cheeseburger in Paradise. Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy Buffett. You're I almost saying, said Warren no, Buffett. I noticed. I caught myself. But like Maybe. that fun, travely, like old he's people not, going on cruises vibe fun though man that'd be nice it is weird though because you mentioned the old people part his career really didn't take off until he was like 40 years old yeah so yeah. by come fly with me which was in 60 or no 58, 58 he was already almost he was approaching his 50s isn't that wild that is wild. he was in bands before that he yeah was. it just wasn't like he a was. solo act no it wasn't until he got to his um his deal with capital records that yeah. really he started to take off in terms of like actual he had some popularity early on and it was kind of more of his career renaissance than anything but nothing nearly as big as what he was going to become yeah, he did come back later and do some that's when he did my way and the, you know mm-hmm. songs some other songs that people know he did a thing and with it and he did some stuff with some other people but i think that's a good opportunity to mention the man's in his 40s how freaking sad are you dude you're like the saddest, loneliest, 
don't ever want to speak to you person in this entire world. You're in your 40s and you continue to sing these love songs about how sad you are. You're so sad. He's sad. I will say, though, that I think that there's something more to uh, to give him credit for than what you're giving him if you mm. think about the time period of the mm. 1950s when men were not expected to show their emotions in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and he was, he was willing to show an emotional side of himself that many musicians would not have done. I suppose so. And so when you take an album like In the Wee Small Hours, which I will say now is a damn fine album. It's one of the first few albums, and I will say I understand that he did not write his music, but there was actually uh, some composition to the album. Usually what would happen with an album is that somebody would just throw singles onto it and just say this is an album it's just singles but in the wee small hours and really some of his other early work like um what was it? songs for young lovers has kind of a tone that it's intentionally going for and so i really like in the wee small hours as an album honestly but again the idea of him kind of having an emotional side to his music, him recognizing kind of the the greater span of emotions that one might have for a love song rather than just like, love is great and I love love. Like, instead of just doing that, he takes a whole composition of songs that are about, you know, kind of a, like walking down the street when you're sad and put them together. And that's not what you would have seen in the 50s. Guys were expected to be tough, and he was even like he was accused of being in the mafia. Yeah, you would have thought that someone like that would have been like a, a hard ass. Well, he is. He just he sings is. about. He wasn't like that in real life. He was like that in real life. Nah. He cried when JFK died. Well, who didn't do he that? Sobbed. Who for didn't three days. do that for three days? He sobbed. Who didn't do a thing like that? Everyone did that. He was friends with him, and he showed my his mother. Knew. Yeah, he was friends with him. They had that thing going on out there in California and Vegas. We shouldn't really get into it. Mafia. I'm not going to tarnish the name of John Fitzgerald. He's a decent dude for the most part. I like him. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to sully him. He lived at 51. <laughs> We're going to do this the whole episode. I'll give Frank Sinatra. I'll give him that. I'll give him what you said. What for, do you for putting emotion? Emotion not always uh, socially acceptable, if you will. That's right. For a man, a man into song. Do you well, think we'd have emo music without him? No. I don't think so. Shut up. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I hate what you're doing. What do you think about the Rat Pack? Are you familiar with the Rat Pack? What do you think of the Rat Pack? A little bit. I think it's cool. It's kind of cool. I like that Sammy Davis Jr. was involved. He's cool. As an African-American man to be in with the elite of singers. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm disappointed about, uh, I was trying to find a cover that I was hoping that Frank Sinatra had covered Pure Imagination from the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory soundtrack, and he did not. Oh, that was very lame. sad. Where did that come from? I was just thinking about it. You were talking I about the Rat Pack, and then all of a sudden I you got said, distracted. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That kind of sounds like a song that he would sing. How I did he not cover that? I know. Well, talk see, more about the Rat Pack. The reason I thought of it is because Sammy Davis Jr. covered uh, the Candyman. Uh, ah, the Candyman. The Candyman can, can. yes. I love that version. Love and makes the world taste good. I love that version, and so I don't know everybody who's oh, in the Rat. Well, pack. you know, tell what? me Let who me... they're all. Who are the members in the Rat Pack? Yeah, you had Dean Martin. Yep, good man. Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, and oh, who was this? I think there was one. Who's this other person? One more person. It's um, it was uh, here we'll tell you here. Oh, yeah, Peter Lawford was in there. Humphrey Bogart Joey, was involved in some. Joey way. Bishop. Yep. He was involved somehow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the Dean other Martin, names. Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop, and Frank Sinatra. Hansen. Among other members. Yeah. Among other members. Those are the most prominent. Hmm. Sinatra was also a proponent of African American rights early on in his career. Oh yeah, it's kind of funny because it's just a group of. It's almost like a union. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Of entertainers who stick together and do their thing in Vegas, and do, they, you know they're supporting each other, and so it's kind of weird. Mm. And then everyone knows it becomes a big thing because it becomes some kind of cultural. I don't know, they like elite entertainers, something or other. I don't know it's kind of weird. It is weird. The idea of it's kind of weird. What it became, mm. I don't know. The, I don't know a lot about the origins, which I think might actually would be kind of interesting. Other than maybe they just were at a bar and like let's just do this thing, you know. But it's a pretty good marketing ploy for each person's individual career as well. Sure. Yeah. So, well, they did movies together too, I believe. Right. Uh, at the time that JFK 
was assassinated, as we were discussing earlier, uh, Frank Sinatra w- was filming Robin and the Seven Hoods, uh, and uh, then they almost couldn't finish production because uh, he was so distraught over it. But they ended up did, and then they f- uh, released the film. But it you don't think of him as an actor necessarily either, but not really. Kind of at that time, if, okay, you're successful in this. Why don't you try this? Yeah, that was re- well. Elvis did that. that you know, oh, a lot yeah. of people did that. Yeah. Dean Martin was everyone was in films. Mm-hmm. I don't even well. know that it was that way though, because really, um, his movie career kind of took off at the same time as his music career. He's really mm. the 1940s Jared Leto. Mm. Mm. Um, hate that yeah i thought you would yeah i thought you would um i just want to leave he yeah his the thing that actually made him more popular at the period of time when his when he got the the signing with capital was actually a film that became popular and so one of his films put him over and so you know he had he had some popularity in the music sphere but he didn't really have popular albums because, you know, at that time it wasn't necessarily, you know, like in the 40s, it wasn't necessarily like you had to have a popular album to be successful in music. Um, and so, you know, really the movie spectrum of things was also just as important to him in his career, especially early on. Hmm. He was he acted in 69 different uh, projects, mm-hmm. whether, yeah. whether it be television, movie, what have you. Uh, from like, what his last thing was in 1993. He started his, in the early 40s. His first, yeah, at 41, he mm-hmm. was uncredited as a singer in Tommy Dorsey's band in Las Vegas Nights. Uh, yep. And then he's his first accredited role was in Revile with, with Beverly in 1943. And he's in several things, but I, I just it's cool. I guess it's interesting. It makes maybe some sense why the musical style that he went for was kind of that like very movie-esque sound in a lot of his songs because really and that never really went away like even if you go into his later career when music was evolving the man really never changed no in a lot of ways he kind of stuck to his guns well even like for instance on you all threw a couple of these on there probably jared is the one who threw them on there but in 74 on some nice things i've missed he did some covers which are just his versions of which i will admit to i hate sweet caroline Mm -hmm. the song in general but his version's much better than the original version how can you say these things i enjoyed uh some stuff from that. That was the thing that I was talking about. That I just like the idea of that album. Uh, some things I've missed. Uh, some nice things I've missed, actually. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all cover songs of later music. Because he had done standards for a long period of time. And then mm-hmm. he kind of... I don't know if he took a... I think he took a break in recording maybe at some point. But I don't know. But it's basically like, here are songs that are more current that i want to sing yeah. yeah and that's the songs that are on there and some of them are surprising actually the um uh, the song uh bad bad leroy brown by jim croce yeah is the last song on this album and it's, it's so a, it's a why would you ever think frank know. sinatra would cover that song yeah, i don't know it doesn't he doesn't do that with justice for me i i thought it was interesting it's okay oh yeah. i don't think it's as interesting as sweet caroline because he kind of rearranges the 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 meter of that song, and I think it works. I think it works pretty well. It's pretty cool. He also did uh, "You Are the Sunshine of My Life" by Stevie Wonder, who mm-hmm. we've covered. Yeah, uh, those are the main ones that I found uh, the most interesting. I, I did think the Sweet Caroline thing was pretty good. This is uh, Jim Croce's song, "Bad Bad Leroy Brown." It's a good song. I know three Jim Croce songs. I think uh, "Bad Bad Leroy Brown." You don't mess around with Jim. And Time in a Bottle. Time in a Bottle, yeah. Great songs. Jim Croce. We'll cover him someday. They call him Sir. And he's bad, bad. Leroy Brown. The baddest man in the whole damn town. Better than old you got. And meaner than a junkyard dog. Now Leroy, he a gambler. This is a really good cover. I thought it was pretty good. Sweet Caroline's good. Okay. Sweet I like Caroline the idea of that cover album, and I wish there would have been more. I would have loved if he were still alive to this day. He'd be 140 years old. I don't know if that's it right. <laughs> that's not right. We could have had a new. <laughs> we could have had a new cover album called Senile Sinatra. Oh, and he did tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, which is yep. a fun little song too. I would have loved to see him like survive 
a little longer. Oh my gosh. And then start doing like 90s songs. Yeah. And he would have been like the Richard Cheese of like <laughs> the 90s, you know? Like it would have been great. With amazing. a lifestyle. Into... I'm trying to do it. Uh, you were doing Nirvana. I know. Yeah. It was good. I, it was good. Yeah. That was bad. <laughs> I was started do doing another one, but I decided not to. No. Yeah. I'm not thinking about it. him singing Barbie Girl in my yeah. head. It's. Who let the dogs out? Oh, who, who, who? <laughs> we talked about Dean Martin uh, also. So uh, in Hey Arnold, uh, yes. the Nickelodeon cartoon, mm-hmm. uh, the creators made a character called Dino Spumoni. Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. glad we're getting to this. Please keep going. It is a mashup of Frank Sinatra and uh, Dean, Dean Martin. Martin. Oh, boy. Uh, can we just play... Uh, any of the clips of Dino Spumoni? Yeah, absolutely. I love Dino Spumoni's character on Hey Arnold. It's one of my favorite things on the show. Uh, the One of my favorite episodes is the episode where he wants to disappear. And so he lives in Arnold's attic. Mm. And, he, yeah, uh, he, he and, pretends he died. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, nobody is sad that I'm dead. <laughs> he's so sad. <laughs> and uh, it, that's a good episode right there. And it his, was a good episode. His music... Uh, writer guy like he didn't appreciate him and so he's like trying to get him out and I don't know the whole thing's good just watch that episode but the here's dyna- a clip the dynamic between the writer and him on the show is done really well yes that show is like introduced a lot of people into like the fact that they're not writing the music I would imagine you better not touch my gal or I'll pop you in a kisser pal you better not even try or you'll be looking at a big black eye so listen good you stupid hood i'll give you to a count of ten and if you're not gone by the crack of dawn you'll never ever eat no you better be discreet or you'll never ever eat solid food again I love that. Can I just mention some Hey Arnold really quickly? Absolutely. You know Mr. Simmons, the teacher? Yes. Yes. Doesn't don't you think he's just Ron Howard? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I will if if we're talking about uh Arnold very briefly, I will talk about every time I get the chance. Mr. Wynn's country song, yes. The Simple Things. That's a great song. Sung by um uh, Randy Travis. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. It's such a good show. I want to watch that. Yeah. You know, Tim Curry had a came out on that show. Oh, my. Who was he? Lightlighter. Lightlighter. The, uh, the student right here. Mr. Lightlighter. Oh, oh yeah. He was yeah. the theater guy. The theater guy. guy. Yep. Interesting. So, I want to talk uh, about the kidnapping of Frank Sinatra's son, very briefly. Uh, at the age of 19, Frank Sinatra Jr., uh, his third child, his only son, I believe, um, he was kidnapped at a Harris Lake Tahoe, uh, and they put the room he was in too. You know, this is first he puts the address of where the person lives that he loves. Then they put the room number of his son. Anyways, he was uh, kidnapped in 1963, and he was released two days later after his father paid a $240,000 ransom demanded by the kidnappers, which in 2019 is equivalent to $2 million. That's a lot of money for your little kid. Actually, he's a grown man, but. They uh, wanted him to pay do the thing by payphone. During these conversations, Frank Sr., Frank Sinatra, the man, became concerned he would not have enough coins, which prompted him to carry 10 dimes with him at all times for the rest of his life. He was he afraid was, of a coins shortage. He was even buried with 10 dimes in his pocket. What a thing. That's frightening right there. That's, that that like reminder, so, that daily messed reminder. messed up is what that is. Daily reminder of your son being kidnapped. That's luckily he he survived and he had a, a successful career. Frank Sinatra Jr. did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing that I read about it, probably the coolest thing, was later in Frank Sinatra's life he had failing health and he, but he wanted to continue to, to perform. So he hired his son to be his band leader. Yep. Because his son knew him the best. And so his son was uh, performing, and I think he was doing other things as well. And he quit doing all of that to be his dad's band leader because his he his dad trusted him the most, and he knew, okay, this is the way that you know dad would want me to do this, 
And he was his band leader until uh, he passed away. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Indeed, it's quite cool. So uh, at this point, we should go ahead and have somebody give me one of their favorite yeah, okay, songs. Yeah, okay, fine. Cool. Kind of, that's, that's what you want to be. I guess Tyler wants to do it that's then. That's what you want to be about since it. Since he wants to be that way about it. That's what you want to be about it. I'll do it. My favorite song wasn't on the playlist this week, so I put it on the playlist. You son of a bitch. What? Nothing. Why? Nothing. Why? Go ahead. It's the most popular song. I know. Do you want me to do something else? Is it your favorite song? Go ahead. Do you want me to change it? He can pick another one. He picked the thing. Just pick a fucking song. It's not. You have one favorite song, It's Bad Bad Leroy Brown. It's Bad Bad Leroy Brown. You guys have one favorite (laughs) song, period? You don't have anything else you could talk about? No, I like... I like that song, and I like. I'm disappointed that we didn't put that album on here because that song is. Uh, I'll tell you what I like about this song because what song this is it? "Fly Me to the Moon." Okay, this song's "Fly Me to the Moon." Parentheses, in other words, it's a good song. It's I like it. It's his most popular song, which is fine. The reason I like this song is because instead of all of the orchestral nonsense that is continually flooding his music, this is toned back. There's more minimal stuff while he sings in the beginning, and it builds into the orchestral stuff eventually. There are jazz bits in here where he gives the music room to do its own thing, and it actually turns out a pretty good composition for a song. I really enjoy it. This was off an album, but with him and Count Bossy, where they did a lot of work together on these songs, I wish we had stuck it on there, Sinatra and Bossy, the complete reprise studio recordings, because it's kind of an interesting collaboration between these two people. And I should have thought about it earlier in this week, and I would have put it in there. We could have maybe listened to it. But uh, it is... Oh, it's an hour, though. So it's a little bit of a long album. So, But there's some interesting stuff in here. I like it. It's the, His most popular song is my favorite. I don't really care. Those are my reasonings for it. And uh, it's, it's the style of him that I way, way, way prefer compared to just having a bunch of cinematic orchestral garbage behind him all the time. So be it. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words Baby, kiss me like that jazz flute there's that's much more jazz than some of his other work and i much prefer it it sounds a lot better it's more entertaining to listen to the music has something that's that i find to be pretty good quality and his singing is still his singing so it's still good i like this album a lot it's a really good collaboration i would agree jared any points on that i like it as well I didn't know. I did not know it was his most popular song. I assumed it was my way. What's his most popular song? It is odd because you wouldn't think of it as his most popular song. Because, I mean, he has quite a few songs that are kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, I'll give an example, which is actually my favorite song. We'll oh. transition directly Good into another idea. one. Um, you would have never thought of this being a location that a Frank Sinatra song would be on. But... My favorite song from Frank Sinatra is the song That's Life. And the reason for that is because that song is featured on Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Oh, my. Why would a Frank Sinatra song be on a Tony Hawk game? But Ring of Fire was also on there. So there's some some oddballs that they throw in every once in a while. But as I've said on many occasions, my musical taste was built by Tony Hawk video games, which is a weird thing. But I'm not here to fight it. So, my favorite song is That's Life. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June I said that's life But really, I mean, a lot of what you're familiar with from Frank Sinatra is because of the fact 
that his music is prominently featured in several different mediums. Yes. He has the kind of music, like, again, like, Send in the Clowns was in the new Joker movie. Mm. Alongside Jackson C. Frank. Alongside yes. Jackson Alongside C. Frank. Um, so, like, you know, My Way is in things. New York, mm. New York is all over the it place. Is. It's the probably uh, the theme song of New York City. Yeah, most yeah, likely. Probably. I like the song that you chose. Because it feels like he wants to get some of those rock elements into his music a little bit, yeah, and he and it turns it more interesting. And when I first when we list when I started that album, and that was the first song, and I was like, okay, I might actually enjoy this album. But then it, the rest of his album didn't do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, why, dude? Why did you tease me? Just like you did on with "Come Fly with Me" with the first song, and then not deliver for me the rest of the time, Frank? Why? Why you got to do it like that? I love the chorus to the that song, too, because he, he just says P words over and over again. A puppet, a popper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn, and a king. Yeah, like, hey, Why I wouldn't do. you finish with another P? Because he's the king. Because he's been up and down and over and out. That's a good song, though. It I, is I a agree. good song. I agree with you. It is a good song. I agree with you. So uh, I don't want to play my, my favorite Frank Sinatra song, but I will play my favorite Frank Sinatra cover. Okay. I would like you to play the song My Way by Sid Vicious, the bassist of the Sex Pistols. Yes. It is one of the strangest songs. Uh, one of the worst songs, even. Uh, it It is truly a frightening thing. Uh, later, there was the film, Sid and Nancy, uh, about um, the their relationship, Sid Vicious and... Uh, Nancy Sinatra. Uh, no, not Nancy Sinatra. <laughs> Although, that's interesting. Nancy Spungen... Uh, they were uh, in a relationship. They both um, did uh, very hard drugs together, and he died, uh, and they both died. If only he played the ukulele, everything would have been fine with him. Sure. Anyways, it, he is so weird. He also got in a fight with Freddie Mercury. It was very strange. My goodness. Sid Vicious. Anyways, um, this is uh, My Way by Sid Vicious. on that every once in a while would remind me of tiny tim yeah Yeah, a little bit that's what i thought it was when you first played that for me so the movie uh sid and nancy has gary oldman in it and he plays sid vicious and he sings the song for the soundtrack of my way because the movie doesn't have any sex pistol songs in it or like it's all like versions like joe strummer's on the soundtrack and a few other people i think the happy mondays i don't know There's there's a few different groups that do stuff and then the music i assume they didn't get the rights to the music for the movie and so they had to figure out another way so they was able to get my way which makes sense because he did do the version but uh that was quite a thing that's, that's the yeah. thing i think of yeah. well you know tiny tim did do my way oh my on his 1980 release chameleon pull yeah. that up pull that up <laughs> i'm going i'm going <laughs> he also did other covers on there such as the great pretender oh mm-hmm this album cover is terrifying. I know, it's I horrific. Am. He looks literally looks like he the looks, penguin. He looks like Jeff the Killer. I think he looks like um, the grandpa from the Munsters. Oh. <laughs> and now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. 
My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway. Beep, beep. And more, much more than this. I did it my way. Can you imagine how different our lives would be if instead of the Frank Sinatra version, if Trump would have played this after he won? <laughs> oh, my God. Brown. Beep, beep. It'd be horrible. I mean, first off, we here at this show, we just sing the praises of Tiny Tim day in, day out. That's right. The man he was a sheer gem, a true gem in this world. Mm. How dare you take him from us, fatty hearts? He's, he wasn't a sheer gem. He was a sheer Tim. He was a Tim. Jim Tim. I don't know how this man did so many ridiculous things, but it's pretty awesome. Why is no... And has, Trump, Trump could not have never ruined such a thing. Has anyone ever done the song My Way Justice? Other oh, than right. Frank Sinatra? No, no. I don't know. So I want to talk a little bit about My Way. Uh... This uh, this that I found says it's a popular karaoke song around the world. However, it has been reported to cause numerous incidents of violence and homicides among drunkards in bars in the Philippines. Referred to in the media as the My Way killings. I wow, forgot about gosh. that. I I've heard of that before. That oh, that's amazing. That is the weirdest thing I've read. Uh, maybe this whole week. It was. It's pretty wild. That wild. Is, that is weird. The My Way killings. I in the Philippines. You say. Oh yes, of course. No oh, yes. I'm quite familiar with the My Way killings. I saw them on the news. They're tragic, really. Quite. Utterly. Is, is that kind of is that a reference in the Limp Biscuit song My Way? I do not know. You know that. You know the song My Way uh, by Limp Biscuit. This time I'm living all out. This time I'm going to stand up and shout. I'm going to do yeah. this my way, my way or the highway. You think he's referencing uh, no, Frank? No, I don't really think so. Oh, dang. Round. Beep, beep. Helmet <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal was that. Who needs to still do a song? Is it me? Yeah, you do have to do a song. All right. Because uh, I don't think that my wake thing with uh, sure. him counted. Sure. I will. Let me see. I, I had some liked songs, though. I found interesting throughout the week. So we'll see. He did a song on the album, uh, Songs for Swingin' Lovers, uh, called uh, Making Whoopi. Which, oh my gosh, it's just which uh, that ridiculous. He did not intend for it to be about uh, sexual intercourse. It what was, are you talking about? It, uh, that's what I read. It, it said uh, it wasn't. What is Whoopi supposed to be? It doesn't even matter. Listen to all Maybe the things. Maybe he thought it was like necking or something. Oh, Do you necking. listen to the song? The lyrics tell you all the problems that comes, and that's uh. what you get. For Megan Whoopi. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I do like this, like a game show thing later. Like, yeah, Megan Whoopi, the those uh, the odd couple, or yeah, not odd couple, couple game. What's that game? Called? The Match they, game? It's, no, it was called. Uh, oh no, I, I know. Remember. I can't remember right now either. I it's, think my uh, I'll pick, matchmaker game. No. no, no, it was no, it was uh, it was uh, newlyweds. The newlyweds yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. What's your favorite time of the evening? What's uh, making whoopee? Well, they go. What's and the, the crowd goes wild. What's the most interesting place you've ever made whoopee? And then they're just like, I don't know, like uh, my bed. Uh, this is perverse. I'll pick theme from New York City. The theme from New York, New York. That's all. Hey, my favorite. That's a good one. I thought about doing Jeepers Creepers because I think that's fun. That is, I'm surprised that's you didn't that is do fun Jeepers one, Creepers. Honestly. And also, I've got you under my skin. Oh, I love the, that one. The first thing I think of when I think of that is Sesame the, Street. The Muppets. It's the Muppets, not. Oh, it is Muppets. That's right. Uh, that, that's a good bit. I think that's the that was on the Alice Cooper episode, if I remember correctly. Mm. All of the bits basically mm-hmm. on that one were all creepy. And it was yeah, you're amazing. right. It was the Alice. It Cooper was amazing. One. So, uh, but yeah, I'll go. Ahead. I like the New York, New York song. Uh, I, and it's there's a difference because that song you think of Frank Sinatra. Right. Same thing with My Way. It's like an iconic songs, Frank Sinatra song. Whereas he just did a version of Jeepers Creepers. He just sure. did a version of um, I've Got You Under My Skin. I would at some point like you to play the uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown song because I think that it's in I know that you don't like it. I just think it's interesting that he would do it. Uh, but here is uh, New York, New York.
Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray I love that we are like such basic Sinatra listeners. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. picked like literally the most basic Sinatra songs Whatever. you could possibly pick. Does anybody have like a, a B-side song they'd like to mention? Like a song that just didn't, that isn't like one of his bigger songs or like a super obvious, no. like a Jeepers Creepers kind of like cover? You think that's obvious? Well, I mean like... Uh, not necessarily obvious. More like it's it'd be it would be a very easy standout mm. for him to do something like a Jeepers Creepers or I've Got You Under My Skin. Yeah, I don't know. I did uh, like uh, from the uh, album uh, Songs for Young Lovers. Mm-hmm. There was a song called "I Get a Kick Out of You," mm-hmm. and he's talking about various um, drugs and alcohol and things. And he's talking. He like talks about cocaine in the song, like. It's quite uh, weird. I did a sniff of this, but it, I I don't get it. I, it doesn't do anything for me. My kick is my woman. Yes, yeah. very interesting. All these various drugs he admitted to trying before. Yeah, there's also a point where, and if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know he talks about going to all these places, and at one point he talks about going to Iraq. Yeah, and I'm like riding a camel in Iraq. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, it's a song. It's it feels good to come home. Yeah, he talks about how it's nice to go to Iraq. I'm like, that is something no one would ever say today. No. There's no one who would ever say no. you want. Yeah, you want to go to Iraq to the desert and hang out in Iraq. It's it just very nice funny. Place. What, it what was, was different. What it was, was a lot on? different. What album was that on? I was trying to find it again. It feels good to come home because uh, I found was, that song it, to be incredibly ironic. Given that it has an entire album about traveling. Traveling, yep. It was on uh, Come Fly With Me. Okay. He has an entire album about traveling various places, Paris, uh, wherever else. And then he has a song that's like, I've been to these places, but it feels good to come home. And he's like, well, it's like, why don't you just stay there? If it, if you love it so much, just stay there you with your... see the world, What's also funny, also enjoy being home. That's true. What's yeah. also funny about it is its location in the track listing, because it's not the last song. Yeah, that's weird. It's got that, that should have been the last song. Then, then Chicago, which makes sense, because he's from there. That's his home. And he mentions it in that song. He wants you to know. Then he talks about South of the Border, mm-hmm. where he just gets weird about Mexico for three minutes. Oh, my. And then he talks... Then it's his second Paris song. Hmm. Very so what? I don't it's understand. Pretty, what are you weird. trying to tell me, Frank? What am I? Don't know what that's learning. Well, he likes here. to go home and then Chicago. Yeah, and that then is his also. Home. I've got some feelings about the Mexicans, <laughs> and it's like, whoa, okay, Sinatra, hold on, hold on. You know what I like to talk about when I'm at home, which is Chicago, by the way. These doggone Mexicans. I love Paris, though. You know who? Sinatra, Sinatra, stop. I love Paris. You know why? There's no Mexicans in Paris. Oh, it no. certainly Frank, isn't Frank. south of the border oh, no. in Paris. Oh, Frank. I really like the song I Get Along Without You Very Well from mm. In the Wee Small Hours. That's one that like is not a big popular song of his, but I enjoy it. It's been one of my favorites from him for a long time. Cool. I also did, since you mentioned the Muppet song, I did, in fact, locate a That Sounds Familiar during the week. Mm. Good, 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 good. I got some things that... I'll go into after this. Yes. So I found I was listening to this song and I heard I heard the note come in and I was like, that sounds I know I know that note. And then the next note came. I was like, oh, no, this is very clear. Like, I thought it sounded similar to it, but it stayed down the track of it very, very well. So I'm going to play the song. Give her love off of that's life. For a trained ear of Sesame Street music, you might recognize that as the song Sing. You guys feel like singing a song? I like to sing. David, you too? Alex? Even if you don't know this one, you can go la la, right? Hey, I think uh, you can probably sing along this one too, because I know you know it. I sing. Sing a song. Sing a song. Sing out loud. 
It's the same inflection. It's like, well, while we're on the uh, things that sound familiar train, uh, so play a French song uh, by Claude Francois, I believe. It's in the playlist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Calm d'habitude. J'ai peur que tu aies froid Comme d'habitude Ma main Caresse tes cheveux Presque malgré moi Comme d'habitude Mais toi Tu me tournes le dos Comme d'habitude So that song came out uh, Inter- David Bowie. Uh, Bowie at this point was making a living from taking uh, songs and rewriting the lyrics for different companies. He, he was a songwriter. So he would, he, he took this song, rewrote the lyrics uh, in English, uh, completely changed the song, uh, submitted it to Paul Anka, and didn't hear back. Um, later on, he heard the song on the radio as Frank Sinatra uh, with different words. So, they just rewrote it and released it because they didn't like his version. Uh, now, he was upset by this. So he wrote Life on Mars. So play that. It's a phenomenal Bowie song. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair Up until that point, the chord structure is basically the same. So he just took this song that he wrote, uh, changed the lyrics again, and basically just made a jab at Frank Sinatra because he was upset, which is pretty darn amazing. Yeah, I'd love that. to see a Bowie-Sinatra fight. You know, Aren't, I know who would win. Who would win? Bowie. You can kill one personality, but you can't kill all of them. Frank Sinatra has one character. Bowie's got lots. So he's going to come at him with like seven different Bowies? Yeah, multiple Bowies. On Life on Mars, on it looks like maybe the single... Uh, in parentheses next to where it says Life on Mars, it says Inspired by Frankie. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty great. That is pretty great. Uh, I have one more thing. Uh, it's also my way, funny enough. Uh, it's uh, it's My Life by Bon Jovi. Uh, play that bit. I actually forgot about this until we were talking about My Way, and it took me this long to remember it, like what it was from. It makes me happy that when you type in the word Bon... The first option is Bonavir and not Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, that's it's my Frankie said. Hmm. Uh, one more thing, and we don't have to play this one. Uh, the Avalanches have a song called uh, Frankie Sinatra. Yeah. And it's pretty great. It is pretty great. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We haven't really played any of the Avalanches song. Let's go ahead and play it. Just a little, just a little taste. Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, me boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. What did they say? Ah, Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, me boy, don't know. You have a perfect voice to sing Calypso. What did they say? Ah, Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Frankie, me boy. Do you know who they're sampling right there? I do not. I need to find this. One of these days, we'll, I don't know how, cover Plunderphonics. We won't really, I don't think, but I like the idea. Was it Al Jolson? I don't know. It looks like it might be King Houdini and his Calypso Parliament. Mm. Huh. Bobby Sox Idol. That makes sense. Huh. His, uh, Frank Sinatra's fans are called Bobby Soxers or something. Sure. I, uh, I look forward to us ever covering Plunderphonics because Dax would have... Probably an aneurysm immediately. 
Because oh, the yeah. entire thing is that's a, that sounds familiar. Uh, all the whole songs are the same it. song anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dax, why don't you go ahead and give us your favorite song? Uh, I think um, I'm, no one chose Come Flat With Me, right? Correct. Chose, yeah. yeah. Fly to the Moon. I'm going to choose Come Fly With Me. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru in Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. And now that we've covered them all, do we have any final thoughts about old Frankie Sinatra? He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you feel better after we recorded? You think your, your, your feelings had- feel a little less... Intense. I just had to get it out. He's okay. It was interesting. It was. I think it was worth talking about. I mean, the yeah. to have a music podcast that has lasted for over a year and a half, and it's taken us this long to talk about Frank Sinatra. I don't know. I oh, mean, yeah, you think we say that for literally any like yeah. so many more people? Though. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're we've only scratched the surface. But we've got. Plenty I mean, we've more covered. You know, we haven't done a lot of things. I don't want to go in this naming spree, but. Things that we will cover, though. I hope so. I hope so. So. I hope so. Thank you for listening to this edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about Frank Sinatra, and next week we'll be talking about The Cure. Check out all of our social media things. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. Check out our website, recordroundtable.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash recordroundtable. Thank you for listening, and... Goodbye. Of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. I did it my.